0: Hello, sold viewers, Big Ronnie here with another Sold Stay-at-Home Series episode. Today is May 20th, 2020. We are in our sixth week of lockdown recordings, trying to show you that some of your favorite artists are still out there doing what they're doing, creating, working, uh, you know, trying to make the best of this situation through desperate times comes the best art, they say. Uh, I cannot wait to talk about that with today's artist, Alice Mizrahi. How are you today, Alice?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really uh, I'm excited to have a conversation with you.
0: Same. Now, yours was one of the first pieces, I think, that Erica took my picture in front of with uh, Big Ronnie and Street Art a bunch of years back, and I, I, I loved that it was two things it was a it was readable you didn't need a, any definition or ledger to understand what was going on and two it made you connect because the woman kind of looks like every woman
1: cool what piece was that
0: erica um, it was it was long island city the building big square okay. building was covered all sides i think it was oh. on Boulevard.
1: was it for Welling court or was it a cerns project
0: CERN's project, that's the one okay.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, that's so awesome. Yeah, I, I, that project was really amazing. Um, I do tend to make the, the women that I portray on my walls uh, be uh, universal in some aspects. Um, my aim is to uh, not only highlight women in kind of a positive uh, aspect, but also to make that woman feel like every other woman that might be looking at the wall um, a lot of times, the the female character is um, either a depiction of a of a goddess or a sacred feminine archetype. Oftentimes, also an alter ego of self or mother or sister or friend, uh, or my even someone in my community that I that I may love or want to honor. Um, so that's that's interesting that you noted that. Thank you.
0: Well, I, I think it's I, I think it was clear that there it was it was. Cultural, but not ethnic, if yeah. that makes sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, because you know, I'm I'm a first generation um, woman that was born in this country um, to migrant parents from from Tel Aviv. You know, they they experienced great struggle getting here, um, and even in, when they were in Tel Aviv, they were you know there during time of war and a lot of Uh, challenges that that they had to go through and when they decided to come here uh, they came with my sister who was a a little baby and so you know kind of duality between my work and and it often comes out where there are these really traditional aspects of culture tradition and religion also these very modern ideals or modern
0: We're losing Alice. We'll see if she comes back. This is the fun part of producing any type of show these days over the the internet. You have to deal with people's internet connections. And I saw Alice was in her studio. We'll give her a minute to connect before we... Oh, there she is.
1: Can you hear me? Maybe I need to move. Usually it's okay,
0: but... i I filled, I filled the I filled the air a little bit. you were talking about um the, the religion, culture and tradition
1: yeah, so I was saying that um you know my um, my brother was uh, a hip hop kid he grew up you know he in the middle of the eighties and he was very much influenced by um by by the music and because I was his little sister, I was always kind of tagging along um That had a great impact on me as a young girl, watching my brother and his friends um, spin on the cardboard and break dance and then him throwing parties while he's, you know, spinning records on his techniques uh, 5000 or I think it's 5000. Yeah. Um, And so I think that became part of my identity as like a young, you know, American New Yorker, um, whereas some of the old the tradition, more traditional aspects of myself come from you know, the Middle East from my parents' values and uh, and roles.
0: Well, I, I think that makes a lot of sense because the, you know, the the, the street culture, hip hop culture was always speaking out against what we, what we were hearing at home that wasn't the truth, that we had to learn the truth on our own and we were the truth and things like that. So that kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, in a way it was, you know, there was great, re- I feel like I've always been attracted to revolution um, and things that are, um, kind of against the mainstream or or involved in a in a in a kind of subculture, and for me, that was when I was growing up and I was watching that, I was like, Wow, this is so interesting, this is so cool like these kids are out here you know doing weird things, and it was so interesting to me and um you know part of it was also my love for for graffiti culture and watching my brother spin on cardboard that was all tagged up um and not knowing really what the significance of that was but then as i got older i began to understand that it was you know it was quite significant that kids wanted their they wanted their identity to be seen and heard and understood um, especially in communities like the bronx where you know the bronx was burning and a lot of kids were suffering um, I didn't grow up in that kind of environment. I grew up in a very um, stable um, and very um, kind of wealthy community. I, you know, Queens, in, in some parts of Queens, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really beautiful. So I happened to watch it from the sidelines and understand that there was a great um, emergence of a beautiful subculture um, and a revolution kind of emerging.
0: How old were you when you first picked up a spray cam?
1: Um, let's see, I was about 12, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything serious. It was like me catching little tags on, you know, like around the neighborhood where I grew up. Um, and CERN certain notes about the goal path in, in, in our neighborhood in Douglaston cause we grew up in the same neighborhood. Um, but it, I I never thought that that was going to become my lifestyle or my career. I was more like trying to just be bad at. You know, like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to do something that, you know, um, but I, I never thought it would turn into my career. I knew I wanted to be an artist at a young age, but I didn't know that that was the way that I would kind of fall into it.
0: What was your first tag?
1: Tag? Um, it was, it was, <laughs> it was Alard, A-L-A-R-D, you know, Metallica, Lard, you know, I was really into Metallica back then. And um, and so I I kind of picked that up. It was with, with my friend Gabby, and so we we went out and we, we caught tags, and we were so s- silly and young, and you know. But that was really, um, you know, that was the beginning of something that now I look back and I'm like, wow, I was even interested in my in my teens, you know. Like I loved that, you know.
0: See what what I love about. My job as a podcast host here and my ability to interview people is that every artist I interview is different.
1: Yeah.
0: And what I, I couldn't wait to talk to you about was you're not just a graffiti head or an art school girl or someone who is, you know, worked with the community. You, you've done it all in terms of, of getting your work out there and understanding how your work is perceived if you could go back and change things, would you do anything different in those college years?
1: Well, thank you first for saying that because a lot of times I'm so involved in the doing of it that I, I don't even realize that I'm doing as much as I'm doing. So thank you oh. for noticing. <laughs> um, and in, in terms of changing, I mean, college, I was really, really lucky that I had a wonderful art teacher in high school that led me to a great arts university. Um, I didn't know how or I was going to do it. My parents weren't really into it. Um, they were like an artist, that's not really a profession. You know, where they came from, art was a privilege. It wasn't really a skill set or, or a way to make money. Um, so, you know, I, I really feel like, I don't really have any regrets I question sometimes how I was able to be so strong against my my against people that were like, you can't do this. This is not for you. Um, this is very difficult, first of all, because you're a woman. Second of all, because you know, going to this, you know, Ivy League art school is super expensive. We don't know how you're gonna pay for it. You know, um, this isn't a career that you can have. All of these reasons why, and I was just like nobody's going to tell me no. Um, and I think in looking back, I'm really grateful to, to everyone that kind of tried to discourage me because it, it just led to me being like, I'm going to show them, I'm going to show them that I'm going to do it. And when they see that I did it, they're going to be like, good job. Um, and now I'm, I'm so lucky that I, I have had so much, you know, um, ability and opportunity to do this work. And when I look back, I'm, I'm just, I'm really thankful for the opportunity of going to a university that was at that caliber. So I don't really have any regrets. I don't think I would have done anything differently. Um, I worked really hard. Um, I was the kid that was like, I can't fuck up because I will get, my par- like, my parents won't allow me to fuck up and stay. Um, and you know, they helped a little bit, but I mostly paid my, I, I did it. Like I worked two jobs. I paid for my tuition. I did whatever I had to do to, to make it and, and do it, you know? So, yeah.
0: What neighborhood is the studio in?
1: Uh <laughs> good question. Um, so I, I was in the Bronx about two months ago, um, at Andrew Friedman home. Um, But then I started to notice that I was shifting and changing and that I really wanted to be around nature more. And so I started looking. um, I live in Rockland County in a small town called Nyack. And Nyack is really noted for artists like Edward Hopper and some of the great American artists that came out of um, New York School of Painters. Um, I moved out here because my partner, uh, was here and, and he was like, you gotta, you gotta come, you gotta see, you gotta be with me out here. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then I started to get, you know, at first I was like kicking and screaming. I was like, I'm a city kid. I'm not, I'm not leaving the city, you know, fuck that. But then I started to notice that actually it was really good for me. Um, but I still kept my student in the Bronx because I was like, I, I don't want to leave the city. I wasn't comfortable. Um, and in the past six months, I realized that it was becoming too inconvenient for me to commute to the city every day. It was 40 minutes commute and there's nothing like, I love the Bronx, but it's a food desert. There's no really healthy food and I'm very conscious of health and eating right and exercising and maintaining a balanced life. And um, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't serving me. And so I started looking around my neighborhood where I live and I found this lovely studio in, uh, in Orangeburg. And so it's six minutes from my house. Um, I'm on a farm. I see animals every day. There's nature. There's hiking trails. And it happened right before the pandemic. So I'm just so grateful because I didn't want to be in the city during during this pandemic. I kind of wanted to be away. So it's a great opportunity for me to be. Um, kind of focused, really, really sharp, laser sharp focus. No distractions from the city, and sort of like a residency, you know, away from the urban craze.
0: A zoological res- residency. You're going to start painting the animals.
1: I am actually. I thought about. I've become. Um, I've become a little bit connected to them by visiting them. Um, regularly and, and I met the woman who is in charge of them and, um, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sit outside, you know, uh, and, and paint them. And I'm so looking forward to that because I've never really sat in front of animals and painted them, like, you know, maybe my dog, but you know, I've never been on a farm. So that's, that's kind of cool.
0: See, I, I, one of the things I love asking artists when we sit down with them is, um, what are you learning? Uh, where's the work going what's the next step have you working on any new skills and now during the pandemic it's like everybody's you know got got their thing that they're working on what's yours
1: so i'm always doing a lot of personal work reading um i just finished reading um the uh, superpower it's like a supernatural book about superpowers and quantum physics um i'm really really uh interested in in kind of supernatural um ideas and really kind of elevating our vibrations at at our highest potential and creating um my being to be at my highest potential so i've been reading a lot i've also you know i'm usually this is the time the spring i'm usually back to back with neural projects at this time like it usually starts from april to like i don't know september october november you know, and so those months are usually outdoor projects. This is the first time in like 10 years that I've actually been inside the studio making work during the spring. Um, and it, it feels so wonderful. Like it really allows me to like go back into my practice and understand what I've done and where I'm, where I'm at now. So I would say I'm really kind of relearning my narrative and relearning who I am in, this, in the process of my career and my work. Um, what else have I been? Oh, I've been, um, I've been doing gardening. I do that every year, but that's not really learning anything new, but it's nice to get back into it when I'm not, again, running from job to job.
0: And how, how are you handling the, the financial downturn? Obviously not being outside and working on larger projects. Some of those are for the community and, and sponsored and things like that, but some of those put money in your pocket too
1: yeah definitely the first month was was challenging because all of my projects were put on hold or either canceled um but you know the thing about being a freelance artist is that we hustle we make it work from moment to moment we don't really know what's going on and a lot of people feel like that's sort of unstable i'm used to it already not knowing what what's happened what's not gonna happen um i kind of embrace that flow and fluidity of, of the lifestyle, um, you know, but everything was put on hold. So for a moment, I was like, oh, my God, like all of my funds have been kind of frozen for a minute. Um, but, you know, I just went to the studio. I created a series of little watercolors, put them online, sold them for a hundred bucks each. You know, the wonderful thing about a social media community and my community at large is that we all support one another no matter what. And so if I'm releasing a series of 10 watercolor paintings for hundred dollars a pop, my community most likely is going to support me. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. So, you know, I just find creative ways to be able to, you know, engage and do what I do. Um, it did take a moment though, because I was like, oh my God, this is like really unfamiliar territory. Um, but again, I just go in the studio and you know, channel, you know, meditate, channel my you know my centeredness, and figure it out. You
0: know, what's one skill in the studio that you could snap? You wish you could snap your fingers and have.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I I oftentimes have it in my mind, and getting it out is it's like I have a million ideas, but getting it out takes time. So the skill that I wish I could snap my finger at is just like, okay, from vision to creation, like right away, instantly. (laughs) Without all of the work it takes to get there, like the materials, the actual making of it, the process of it. Like, I just want to be able to like visualize and it just like comes.
0: (laughs) You're like a stencil cutter, but want someone to cut their stencils for them.
1: Exactly, just product, like produce it right away.
0: (laughs) Have you ever tried different... Meet different means of your work, things like that? Alternative uh, applications like digital or stencil or?
1: Well, I've, I've, I've done lots of stencils in my early career as a, as a mural artist. Um, I did a lot of stencil work. Um, I, I really love pattern, pattern work. And so oftentimes in my paintings, like, for example, um, this painting, which is in progress, like you'll see patterns in the background you know that are very reminiscent of sort of islamic judaic sephardic patterns um yeah and so you know that that i would say is you know one one sort of application i've also done a lot of digital work i mean by trade i'm an illustrator that's what i studied so I know Photoshop, I know Illustrator, whenever I have to do a mock-up for a wall or anything, it's, you know, I use those to, to be able to facilitate the, the jobs that I get. Um, recently, I've been doing some photo montages on, on, um, on, on the computer, which has been really fun. Um, and It's kind of like a new way for me to stretch myself, but I'm just playing right now with it, so we'll see where it goes.
0: How is a montage different from a collage?
1: For me, it's very similar, except for a collage, I have to use glue because it's actual physical. But a photo montage, I'm using digital, like I'm using Photoshop or Illustrator. I like using Photoshop because I know it better. But layering digitally is way different than doing it by hand, for me anyway. It's like, you know, computer is clean and dry and, you know, collage is like wet and you have to, you know, make space for it.
0: What do you listen to while you work?
1: Oh, so recently I've been listening to a lot of roots reggae, um, like Althea and Donna. And um, yeah. And so, you know, sometimes I really love, like, listening to The Velvet Underground. And, you know, and of course, hip hop is my go-to usually. But I like to switch it up.
0: What kind of hip hop? You like Gangster? You like Neo Soul? What do you like?
1: I like Gangstar. I like like Gangstar, the group. (laughs) I like, I love Neo Soul. You know, recently I watched the Erica Badu and Jill Scott thing that was online, which was really motivating for me. Um, I love both of them. They're both women and they're both super powerful, kind of very positive women. And so for me, I I tend to gravitate towards that. Like for example, right here, this is the portrait of Asada Shakur. and, And this is like a collage painting. So oftentimes in my work, you'll see that I'll depict women who inspire me or who I feel somewhat a kinship with.
0: That's great. Now we watched the um, the Erica Jill Scott battle, and we loved every second of it. And you know, I'll be honest with you, i didn't I didn't stop for one second to say, "Wow, these are two women." Yeah, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe I should have.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, in hip hop, right, or even in graffiti culture, even in the art world at large, um, it, you know, I, I don't, I'm not complaining, I'm very blessed, I love my role as as an artist, um, but the space for us to move in and the amount of women in, in, it's harder for us to get in, it's harder for us to be accepted, um, and when we finally are, we really get a lot of props, and so... I always like to support women in, in, in any aspect because I feel like I'm supporting women supporting women. I feel like I'm supporting um, my, you know, my gender, like other
0: women who I know who've worked just as hard to be able to get where they, where they needed to get. Well, let's talk about some of them because I know you have a couple of, uh, you, you believe it or not, I have some upcoming uh, shows and projects to plug.
1: Yeah, so uh, Rob from Outlaw Arts and Mark212Arts, they, uh, they put together a show called Denim and Paper. And, you know, I really love it when, when curators and gallerists come together, especially during times like this, to highlight some of us. Um, and so the work uh, is a denim jacket that I painted. Um, and he wanted some paper pieces. So I did a, a series about infinite love. Um, and for me, like, I'm always trying to think of, you know, being as, as kind, as positive, as infinitely loving as possible, no matter what someone gives me, just try to, you know, give, give it back infinite love. Um, so I wanted to do a piece on that. I used the infinity symbol in all of the paintings and the jacket um, to highlight that the concept of the series.
0: Well, that's great. I, I, I hope the show does well. And I, I saw the roster. You got some big names alongside you.
1: Yeah, great. You know, it's great to be amongst my friends and, and you know, some new friends as well. Um, you know, I was, I was like working within my, my team of people and it makes me feel really good.
0: Well, Alice, that was a really fast 20 minutes. And I'm <laughs> shocked uh, that that disappeared pretty quickly. I, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your work schedule and, and showing us some of the work. But before we let you go, I see you're you're pretty mobile moving around the studio. You want to show us a few more pieces?
1: Sure. I'd be happy to. Let's see if I can flip this. I don't think you can flip it, but that's okay. I'll show you. So um, we have, I'll show you this. This is a larger piece I, I'm still working on. Um, again, it's a piece about motherhood, relationship, birthing um sacred feminine archetype or or the woman who kind of creates right thinking about um mother earth a lot these days because i feel like during this pandemic one amazing positive thing we've gotten out of this is that we now can hear the birds all of a sudden in new york like i was in the city the other day and the birds were chirping and i was like yes the pollution has stopped or, or has it slowed down. And so a lot of things, you know, it might give us a little perspective on how we need to be treating our, our environment. Um, and so oftentimes I'll talk about, you know, nature and creation. These pieces right here are some of the paintings that I've been selling online um, that I mentioned on my, I don't know if you guys can see them on my Instagram. Um, and so they're really quick watercolor drawings and I've been having really fun, a lot of fun with them. You know, there's like a series here of, you know, I just make a bunch of them. And actually I'm releasing a beer glass on Memorial Day and 20 of those drawings will be available for sale. Um, and then this, I've been doing a lot of collages lately. This is called my, uh, my, I Inherited My Grandmother's Gaze. It's a portrait of me and my grandmother. And um, I don't know, I'm just really enjoying kind of stepping in. I also have been doing some collaborations with my partner, who's also um, an artist, a graffiti writer and an artist. Um, he does like these beautiful textured backgrounds. And I went in on top. I have a ballerina series I just completed as well. Um, and then, you know, I'll show you this. This will be the last kind of, look at that light that comes in through my, that gorgeous. Um, so these right here are some works on paper. These one line, I'm really, really interested in line drawing and the subconscious kind of taking over as we draw um it's called automatism and so i've been doing those and those have led to some of these so yeah so yeah that's that's what i've been up
0: to (laughs) that was great thank you very much we appreciate that for sure Uh, alice before we let you go why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on instagram and on the web
1: oh thanks so much for having me ronnie i really appreciate it Um grateful for the opportunity. Um, You can check me out on Instagram, which is am underscore NYC, or you can visit my website at alicemizrahi.com.
0: Thank you very much. And we will see you when we see you again. Until then, keep working.
1: Perfect, Ronnie. Thanks so much for your time.